You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today is officially the no more begging day. It would make sense to wait and just call it, you know, starting in November, but I'm wildly impatient. Things aren't even really done yet, but I don't care. I want what I want, and that's just the way it's going to be. So what we're going to do is now through, we'll just say December, but kind of was thinking Christmas because it kind of fits as far as a theme goes. I want to focus on giving back because it's kind of weird, especially for years now saying, I want, I want, I want, I want. And especially when you guys have been doing exactly what I say, it's awesome, but it just kind of builds and builds in this feeling that I'm getting more than I'm giving. It's probably not true. I'm doing a lot over here, but whatever, I, you know, let me ease my conscience, all right? So I've got three things going on right now. Uh, one of them you already know about, and that is Instagram. As you know, we are giving away two signed jerseys. So yes, I'm still going to be plugging that. But at 500 and 700 followers on Instagram, my Instagram name is at Packernet Podcast. Do you say at for Instagram? I'm still still kind of a noob. I don't know stuff. There's an at symbol, so I would think. what It's Packernet Podcast. You've figure it out. But we are actually very, very close. The podcast is sitting at 463 followers, meaning we need 37 more. By the end of today, I see no reason why one of you shouldn't have won a new signed jersey. The two jerseys remaining, by the way, I believe, are James Lofton and um, Chuck Mercian, and they do come with uh, certificates of authenticity. So I'm very excited to be able to give those away. The second, um, I have been talking for a while about, you know, I'm going to put that on a t-shirt, etc., etc. I'm going to be making a change, and through this process, I'm actually planning on actually cranking out a lot of these shirts. So that, you know, whenever something kind of cool comes up, all gas, no break, whatever, the plan will be within the week to have a all gas, no break shirt. However, starting from zero, um, there's a lot of options. So what I did is I'm starting a little, what do you call it? It's not a contest, but whatever. I've put out t-shirt ideas in the Facebook group and set it up as a poll, and I want everybody to go in there and vote for what their favorite idea is. And whenever one of those shirts ends up winning, that will be the number one shirt. We'll run the poll again. That will, you know, the winner of that will be the number two shirt, whatever. So I need you to get in the Facebook group and go vote to tell me what kind of shirt you want, basically. And then I will go and spend money to give you the shirts that you want. Now, they're not going to be free. I'm not charging you for me to go out and get these designs. But, I mean, if you want a shirt, you've got to pay for it. I'm not going to be giving away shirts. I don't have, I don't have that much money. Give me a break. But I will do the work, go uh, get the shirts, and put together the best Packers store you've ever seen in your entire life. The third is um, I actually decided that I would like to start a little GoFundMe thing. I've never really done anything like this before, so again, I'm coming in blind, I don't really know how to do it, but the idea being, um, at least from now until Christmas, any money that you are planning to give to me, and that includes uh, Patreon, 
which is why it's beneficial that we're doing this today because you're about to be charged tomorrow. So if you want to think about it, think about it. You can cancel your uh, Patreon. Hopefully you'll come back at some point. But any and all giving that you're planning to give to me or to the podcast or whatever, I know some of you give privately, to instead head over to GoFundMe. There is a link in the description. And I set a goal uh, from now until, well, there's no date, but my personal goal, I guess, from now until Christmas would be to uh, raise $1,000 for the Madison Children Cancer Foundation uh, right here in Madison, Wisconsin. And the name of the foundation is Packer Fans Against Cancer. So obviously I wanted to save the best for last. That is the most important one. Of course, I want you guys to get jerseys and I want to get a really cool t-shirt thing going on, be able to get you guys some sweet t-shirts. But if there's one thing you're going to do, it would be kind of cool if you can give a little something to the GoFundMe. Uh, The cool thing about it, because it always feels weird, like I don't know if I can give to this guy, he's kind of shady, he might take all the money. It's it's literally linked to their um, PayPal account or whatever it is, so I, I can't touch it. So once it, I think once it gets to a thousand dollars, just shoot straight over. I more or less just built a page and try to push people to it. That's all I'm really doing. So, anyways, it's something to think about. Things have been going fairly well for the podcast for a while. Don't exactly have the numbers of the growth that I'd like yet, but I'm good with slow and steady growth. And again, I I uh, been doing this for like three years now, two and a half, whatever. And in that time, I've been doing a lot of begging for myself and have received a lot already. So I don't think taking a two-month hiatus to focus outward is going to be that big of a deal. So anyways, please consider it, and uh, we will take a break and start talking about some Green Bay Packers stuff. But make sure you get into the Packernet podcast Facebook group. Most important piece of all this puzzle, because everything you need to know is going to be in that group. All right, folks, we're back for that My Bookie Minute. And I'm actually pretty stunned. I'm I'm looking at what they got. It's still just four-point favorites. Again, I don't want to push you into doing anything. You make up your own minds because I don't. Last thing I want is for you to blame me for you losing a hundred bucks on some nonsense bet because I was hinting at something. You make your own decisions. You're a grown man, grown woman, whatever. I'm just saying it's a little weird because yesterday we had some pretty positive injury news. Now here's something else to consider. Now, last time I said this, it might have even been last week. I, I said so, almost the exact same thing, and they changed the numbers right in front of me. I literally watched it happen live. But four-point favorites, I mean, it's almost getting me nervous because I don't know why. Again, the Chargers are beyond struggling. I think they're like a two-win team. The Packers have only lost one game. It's basically going to be a home game. I, it's, I mean, it's going to be great weather. Aaron Rodgers is back home in Cali. He's going to be having a great day, just loving life. Seems as though Devontae's back. Everybody seems relatively healthy. I just, I don't get it, but whatever. Again, not saying, I'm just saying. And in general, maybe it is because it's still early again. I mentioned how... A lot of these uh, spreads are are really low, and I thought maybe it was just because it was early in the week, but it kind of looks like maybe it's because they're evenly matched, which means it'll be a good week of football, but I don't really know. I mean, the Texans are two-point favorites over the Jaguars? Why? Even, I mean, Raiders two-point favorites over the Lions. I'll tell you right now, I don't buy that. But again, if you're not feeling it this week, or if you just want to take a a pile of money and just go crazy and say the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, there's still... Uh, plus 750. 100 bucks pays out $750. Packers to win the division are minus 200. Personally, I just wouldn't touch that one. I mean, if, if you're all in on that, go ahead, but the Vikings scare me entirely too much. I'm not dropping 200 bucks to win $100. I'm just not doing it. Not with the Vikings just nipping at our heels like that. But again, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not football, again, they've got absolutely everything. They have bets on politics. I should actually tell the people at work about that because we do a lot of cake bets. But one of the guys at work wants to just throw around like 500 bucks all the time. I don't know where he gets all his money from, 
But it's like, no, man, I mean, I'll, I'll bet you like a cupcake or something or like bagels because I'm like 90% sure. But I'm not, you're, I, I should just tell them about this. Whatever it is you decide to do, just remember that if you haven't signed up yet, go sign up at mybookie.ag. Go check some of this stuff out. And if you want to put some money down, make sure you use promo code OVERTIME because they're going to match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so why don't we start with the old injury report? And there is... There's a billion names here, which is kind of scary, and then you compare it to the Chargers, and it's like, oh, man, I thought they were the injured team, not us. They've got, what, seven guys, and we've got basically the entire team. I mean, this is the whole team on the injury report. The difference, however, is that on this whole list, let me just count it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 23-ish, 24-ish. Definitely not using any sort of scientific method on that. Of this group, however, every single one of them practiced. It was either limited or full, and I think there was a lot of veteran rest, which, by the way, props to Lafleur for all this veteran rest stuff. Really seems to be paying off. I mean, Balaga's been getting a ton of rest, and he's been killing it. Mercedes Lewis has been getting rest. He's been doing great. I mean, the only non-veterans that were uh, limited were, let's see, Devante, um, Aaron Jones with his shoulder injury, uh, Blake Martinez, hand, shoulder, Will Redmond, ankle, elbow, uh, uh, Robert Tanyan with a hip injury, Marquez with an ankle, knee, uh, Vitali with a knee, and that's it. Not to say that the veterans don't have some kind of actual issue, but, you know, again, everybody practiced. Uh, conversely, again, they only had seven, but they got three of those seven that did not practice. And again, the, the injury issues that the Chargers have is that when someone gets hurt, they just go to IR. But additionally, guys that did not practice, Brandon Meebame, uh, Justin Jones, and Cortez Broughton, that, the, all three of those guys are defensive tackles. So basically, they're practicing without a defensive line right now. So they have 13 players that are on IR. And they've got an additional three defensive linemen not playing. Now, they've, they've still got some... I don't know. Are we talking about the Chargers right now? That's not the plan. We'll just leave it at... They still have got some some good players. Obviously, Bosa and Ingram are the, the top guys along that defensive front, which are their edge rushers. The interior, however, pretty banged up. Um, limited in practice, meaning they're probably fine. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Jeremy Davis, Russell Okong, and Roderick Teamer. So, they're pretty banged up. But again, the most important thing is the fact that, and again, I was expecting there to be some kind of bad injury news because of how many people were injured. I was expecting at least a couple of these guys to be down 
and stuff can still happen, but, um, I mean, not only is Devontae likely coming back, I guess. Anyway, some uh, randomness here. Anthony in the Facebook group posted a picture. Uh, looks like it's from Mercedes Lewis's Instagram. Uh, they had a bit of a Halloween party going on. Oh, uh, happy Halloween, by the way. See, I don't, e- I don't even know stuff, man. Stuff just happens. Enjoy your uh, costumeness. Oh, here we go. Let me see some, uh, some costumes, right? Especially if it's somehow Packer-related, which I have a feeling with you people, there's probably a couple. Especially, especially if it has something to do with Mitch Trubisky or, <laughs> or some kind of... Oh, man. I hope there's at least a couple really good ones. I want to see it. And I will be stealing it and putting it on Instagram. But anyways, Halloween party, and it's Aaron Rodgers and Brian Balaga. And Anthony pointed out, dude, check out Brian Balaga's hand. I don't even know what's going on with his hand. Obviously, he had some kind of an injury. They were trying to tape it up and all this stuff. If you look at his middle finger, first of all, it looks like he's wearing a ring on his middle finger, but it's not. I don't know what is going... Like, he, his finger just got, like, smashed. That looks so brutal. And then you look at the left side of his hand. His whole pinky's bruised up. Maybe it's just, like, shadows, or I don't know what's going on. By the way, he dressed up as Aaron Rodgers for Halloween, so he just threw on a 12 jersey and a mustache. But this dude's hand is really jacked up. So, you know, as far as I can tell, he's going to play, but I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to have to tape him up or what. And he's got a really tough... Uh, contest coming up with with Bosa uh one of the top pass rushers in football Ingram is also a very very good football player um the Chargers have some good edge rushers and if he's got a bad hand they're absolutely going to try to take advantage of that I mean they're they're going to be swatting at it grabbing it squeezing it whatever they can do granted everybody's got injuries all the time maybe I'm just not used to looking at football players for all I know half of the offensive linemen have got bruises and welts and broken disfigurements all over their body I don't know but that looks crazy man so hopefully he's going to be all right to play and they can figure something out and that's not going to be too much of a uh, an issue. Um, Mike mentioned that offensive linemen aren't supposed to be using their hands anyways, but let's be honest. The Packers have mastered the art of holding without getting caught. So <laughs> that's they, they literally have made like videos and articles written about how the Packers have mastered holding and it, what's what makes them so good. But yeah, technically he shouldn't be able to, so we should be able to just put him in a club and it'll be just as fine, but eh, I don't know. Also, I missed it. I did put it up on Instagram. But uh, a big happy birthday to J.K. Scott. Big man's turning 14. Way to go, big fella. And then uh, Joshua in the group says, fun fact, Aaron Jones leads the league in combined rushing, receiving touchdowns with 11. So with that, let's do something here. Talk a lot about grades and kind of try to stay away from stats because, you know, stats lie and all this stuff. But let's look at stats for a minute. As of this exact moment, the Packers' offense is ranked 7th in points. The Packers' defense is 11th in points allowed. Now, it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but points are kind of important in football. Much more important than yards are, in fact. And so if you are going to judge an offense and a defense based on some kind of a stat... um, you could maybe make an argument, thank you very much, Alarm, have a nice day. You can make an argument for turnovers, but I'm going to go ahead and say stats are a pretty good starting point. Stat, listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm so tired that my brain is literally napping, and I'm just it's just feeding me random nonsense garbly gook. Points are a good starting point, because, you know, you win based on points. There's no, like, PFF tally or DVOA tally, like, I don't know, give me a minute, we got to go in the back and figure out the formula based on the yardage and everything else. Nope, just points, that's it. Literally the only thing anyone cares about. So basically being 
at least close to top 10 in both categories is pretty fantastic. Yards, meh. Packers are 13th in yards on offense, 22nd in yards allowed on defense. They give up a lot of yards. Turnovers, they are fourth in, uh, offense is fourth in giving up turnovers. Obviously, they're very good at that. Sixth in um, defensive turnovers. So, top 10, almost top five in both categories. So, again, points very important. Turnovers very important. Packers are very good in both categories. Hence, 7-1. and one. The Packers offense is eighth in passing yards. Fifth in passing touchdowns, third in passing interceptions, third as in least interceptions, and seventh in uh, net yards passing per attempt at 7.3. So passing across the board, Packers are pretty well top of the category. All this while being 15th in passing attempts. So middle of the league. We're not, it's not like they're just dropping back and passing all the time. By the way, if this was the Mike McCarthy era, Packers last year were third in passing attempts. And after all that effort, they were 21st in net yards per attempt. And that really is a big difference. Mike McCarthy liked throwing, but the team wasn't good at it. This year, they like, you know, Matt LaFleur is more balanced between running and passing, but they're very good at what they do, which ultimately should be kind of the goal. It's not that you want to pass, it's that you want to pass well. Running the ball is actually surprisingly kind of below average. Uh, They're 18th in attempts, 18th in yards, 9th in touchdowns, which is pretty shocking. Would have thought it was quite a bit higher. And 19th in yards per attempt, the team is averaging four yards per attempt. Now, again, they've had very high... They started the season very slow running the ball. There's also games in which guys aren't doing very well, right? Aaron Jones has been dynamite, but it's been like three games where he's been out of control good. The rest has been kind of below average to bad. Also, I think, tends to blow up against not super fantastic defenses. Although the, the Dallas Cowboys were pretty good. Defensively, um, as far as passing and rushing, they're, I think I mentioned, 19th in yards allowed passing, 12th in passing touchdowns allowed, 21st in net yards per attempt at 6.8. Rushing, they are 24th in yards allowed rushing, 19th in touchdowns allowed at 8, 28th in yards per attempt. On average, teams are getting 4.8 yards per carry. That's really got to stop, man. I don't know what it's going to take, but come on. That's really, really horrible. And I know there's been a shift since Petten got in here, right? The, the Packers with, with uh, Dom Capers emphasized stopping the run because you want to get them in the third and long situation, so you take away the run on first and second, then you force them in third and long, and then you try to get a pick or whatever, and then it didn't work or whatever because they threw a 15-yard pass on third and 14. Whereas Mike Petten kind of comes in with almost the exact opposite philosophy where we're just going to stop the pass all the time because people pass on first and second down anyways. But it's just been, the the ability to stop the run has been kind of nil since uh, Mike Patton has got in here. And and again, the, the biggest emphasis for him is they're a lot lighter up front, but he wants bigger guys so that he can use less up front but still win. The problem is they're not winning as much as they probably should, or as much as Mike Patton would like. Hence the reason that defensive line is is such a big emphasis. Even when we had a strong defensive line with, with uh, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, we still went out and got Muhammad Wilkerson. So, you know, again, don't be surprised if we draft a defensive lineman in the draft sometime next year. Or if we do anything in free agency, which I would have guessed it's going to be a much less in free agency because of the, the slightly solid, smaller salary cap. But I just think that's a core part of Mike Petton's defense. And it's just not working. And, and and really just, I mean, I shouldn't say it's not working. I'm just saying the it, it kind of starts up front with that really good defensive line. And again, you look at, you know, the, again, the Eagles. By the way, if I say again one more time, I'm going to punch myself in the face. 
the Eagles, the, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, lots of teams like to emphasize that defensive line and just keep stacking talent up there, and there's a reason for it. And Mike Pettin wants to do that too. Um, but you've got, you know, Muhammad went away, Mike Daniels went away, Kenny Clark is kind of regressing, and, and maybe Mike Daniels being gone is a big part of that. You know, he benefited from having a guy like Mike Daniels, and he was kind of, they were feeding off of each other. Now Mike Daniels is gone, he's not doing anything. Kenny Clark's over here, he's not doing anything. We, we need to get him some help, that's what I'm saying. And so add that to the list of potential first-round grabs. I know that maybe isn't your top priority, but it also just depends what the good value is. You know, if the Packers are picking at the end of the first round, I'm sure Javon Kinlaw is gone and, and Brown is gone, but it just it just depends. If, if there's a defensive tackle at the top of the board, by the time the Packers roll around and this you know offensive feeding frenzy of tackles and wide receivers are all kind of gone, it wouldn't be all that surprising at all if they took a defensive tackle. Because again, you don't draft for, I said again again, you don't draft for need necessarily. You draft based on value with, you know, somewhat of an attention paid to, there has to be some kind of a need there, and there is a need there. Some other interesting little notes here. Uh, the Packers offense is ranked sixth sixth in points per drive. In other words, how many times, how many points are you going to score on average every time you have the football on offense? The average is 2.36 points, which again is sixth. They're also currently ranked third in uh, the percentage of time that the red zone trip converts into a touchdown, 66.7%, so two out of three times. They have had 30 red zone attempts and 20 touchdowns. The Packers' defense, by the way, is ranked eighth. They're also very good. There have been 24 trips inside the Green Bay red zone. Only 12 of them, 50%, have been converted into touchdowns. Packers' defense also ranked seventh on fourth down conversions. There have been six attempts on fourth down. Only two of them have been converted into first downs. So that's pretty awesome. Looking at some of the player stats right now, Aaron Rodgers is actually second in yards, which is somewhat unusual. It's it's weird because, again, Mike McCarthy liked to throw the ball a lot. However, usually if Aaron Rodgers is leading in a category, it's touchdowns. He wasn't ever really a big yardage guy. I mean, I'm not saying ever, ever, but typically it was it was a, a respectable amount of yards, right? He's not like Matt Stafford getting 5,000 yards or something ridiculous, but he would still have like the 40 touchdowns or whatever. But right now he is in second behind Jared Goff with 2,324 yards, which uh, halfway through the season sets him on pace for 4,648 yards. He is also tied for second place with touchdowns. He has 16 touchdowns. The only one with more is Russell Wilson has 17. He's tied with Deshaun Watson and Matt Stafford. Pretty basic math. He's on pace for 32 touchdowns. Uh, interception percentage, he's actually third. Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the only two that are that are doing better. Russell Wilson, man, I, I don't know if I've ever been more impressed with him. I know he's good. I, I feel like he's getting overshadowed because he doesn't have like the Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type throws. He is just having an unbelievable year right now. Yardage, touchdowns, and again, he's not working with much over there, and they're dominating. Russell Wilson it doesn't have anything to work with. He still doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't really have any wide receivers. The defense is is a shadow of what it used to be, and he's tied for first in interception percentage. He's second in touchdown percentage. He's number one in touchdowns. I mean, he he's he's doing an Aaron Rodgers right now where basically he's just dragging this team to victories by just having a, an amazing year, arguably the best quarterback so far through the year. Uh, Rodgers is also fourth right now in passer rating. Uh, number one, Russell Wilson, 115.5. Number two is Kirk Cousins, 115.2. Number three is Pat Mahomes, 113.1. And Aaron Rodgers, 106.7. Again, 
Do not underestimate uh, Kirk Cousins. He is coming back with an absolute vengeance. His completion percentage right now is 72.1, tied for first. He's also got 13 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Kirk Cousins is doing pretty well right now. QBR, the other random ranking, nobody seems to understand and doesn't seem to be a very good ranking, uh, has Aaron Rodgers ninth. Why is it not a very good ranking? Well, Dak Prescott is number one, which no. This also, but you know who, you know what this is? I just figured it out. It says it's ESPN's thing, but I know at the very least who their number one consultant is. It's Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless, in what universe is there a quarterback ranking in which Dak Prescott is number one and Aaron Rodgers is ninth? By the way, Aaron Rodgers is behind Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Stafford. Carson Wentz is good. Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson. Give me a break. And Dak Prescott's number one? Never. Ever, never, ever, ever, never. QBR is a joke, man. ESPN should just throw that in the trash. But again, this is why Skip loves it. I don't know what it is. Whatever. How absolutely and completely useless. Uh, Switching over to running backs. Aaron Jones tied for second in rushing touchdowns. Dalvin Cook is number one with nine. Again, don't count out the Vikings. He is tied right now with Christian McCaffrey. Shockingly, his longest run was 18 yards. I feel like he's due to spring one, man. I mean, he's had some big gainers, but they've all come on passes. I just, I, I think he's due for one. It's also probably why his yards per attempt are so low, because he's he's doing well, but usually it's those big, you know, 15, 20, 30-yard gains. that Those are the ones that kind of boost that average yards per attempt up a little bit, because you got to counteract the... I mean, if your usual run is about four and a half yards, which his is, it's about five-ish, um, but you got to counteract the loss of yards, the one yard, all those kind of things with some of the bigger gaining yard, and he just doesn't have that. In fact, he is sitting right now 80th is his rank on longest run, just behind uh, Vincent Smith of the Jets. So there's that. Looking at scrimmage yards, however, Aaron Jones is currently 6th. It's not bad, but he is quite a ways behind the guys in front of him. Aaron Jones has 821 scrimmage yards. Um, in front of him, Michael Thomas with 866, Nick Chubb 873, and then there's a really big jump up to Leonard Fournette, who I literally didn't know was doing anything right now. But he already has 791 yards on the ground and 263 um, through the air for 1,054 yards. So he's 150 ahead of Aaron Jones. Christian McCaffrey with 1,078, and then Dalvin Cook has already got 823 yards. We're halfway through the season. He has 823 yards. He's on pace for over 1,600 yards this season. That's ridiculous. He's also got almost 300 yards uh, receiving. So he has 1,100, 1,116 yards from scrimmage. Jeez. So, yeah. Aaron Jones is, you know, if he can stay healthy, he can have a lot of scrimmage yards, but it's going to be tough to catch uh, Dalvin Cook on that one. He's also, for reference, ninth in touches. So he's been getting the ball a lot, and rightly so. Looking at receiving, uh, the only thing that really kind of stands out, yards per reception. Obviously, Marquez is very high. He's fourth with 19.1 yards per reception. Touchdowns, hilariously, um, the one receiver we have that is close to, closest to, and he's actually not far off, the, the leader in uh, receiving touchdowns is uh, six touchdowns, and there's, uh, what, five guys that have it. There is a Packer who has four receiving touchdowns, and it's Jamal Williams. <laughs> He is leading the Packers in receiving touchdowns. After that, you got Jimmy Graham with three, Aaron Jones with three. You don't get a receiver until you get to Marquez with two, which is absolutely nuts. That includes Devontae, by the way, who played four games and didn't have a single touchdown. So again, there's a lot of awesome things going on with the the Packers and the receivers, but literally our best receivers as far as touchdowns 
are two running backs and a tight end. The leading receiver in the touchdown category is Marquez Valdez-Scantling with two touchdowns. Geronimo also has two. Kumaro has one, and Lazard has one. What is that, six touchdowns for all the wide receivers combined through eight weeks? I mean, that's that's pretty staggeringly awful, isn't it? <laughs> I would have expected one receiver like Devontae to have eight touchdowns by now, or six touchdowns by now. Nope, two is the most. But hey, go Jamal, man. By the way, what's up with none of you guys voting for the Jamal Williams Mermaid SpongeBob t-shirt? I want to make that one. Oh, never mind. Eric did. Props, Eric. The other thing I'm going to need help with is when I make these awesome things, I want these Packers wearing these shirts. So I want Jamal wearing that shirt. It looks like our first winner. We'll see what happens. I want you guys to flood in there and, and get it, but it looks like the first winner is going to be a Jair shirt. I'm pretty excited about that. Props to Blaine for coming up with that concept. Actually, you know what? Why don't we take a break, and then I want to I want to talk about something else with these t-shirts, and then we'll look at defense, and maybe we'll be done. I don't know. But uh, let's do the whole break thing. So if you were planning on going to this Chargers game, you probably should have bought your ticket already because these prices are going up really quickly. Conversely, maybe you just, if you're out there, you wait because usually ticket prices start to drop as the game gets closer because right now we're in the 400 range. Again, LA is ridiculous. But hey, if you got it, man, that would be a great, great game to go to. I, I On my bucket list is, go, is to go to a um, Packers, there's a lot of them, but one of the biggest is to go to um, Los Angeles to see the Rams. I want to go to the Rams stadium and watch the Rams pack play the Packers. I'm assuming those would be very expensive as well. But either way, you, you don't just have to look at tickets for what game is coming up right now. Just a week and a half from now, the Packers are going to be playing the Carolina Panthers in Lambeau. These ticket prices are obviously going to be quite a bit lower, and there's still a lot available, so you can get some really good seats if you wanted to. Either way, whatever it is you're going to do, whether it's this or just going out to a concert, make sure you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. Look for whatever it is using their app. They make it super easy to get exactly the tickets that you want. And when you download it, you automatically get enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program where you can earn credit back on purchases. In addition, you're going to get back by 100% buyer guarantee. And whenever you decide to buy your tickets, make sure you enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout for new users to receive up to a $100 discount. So download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. All right, so we, we've got a pretty big list of shirts. And again, if you just want to vote on what's already there, go for it. But we're missing a few. Some things that I really need. Number one, some Kumaro ideas. I don't have any. Some Devontae ideas. I don't have any. Rogers, kind of, but not really. I think the, the only thing I've got is, you know, we have a defense, which might not even have Rogers on it. Danny Vitale. I mean, there's always make fullbacks great again. But if you got something else, let me know. And you can just add these right to the poll. Don't just comment it. Just add it to the poll. It'll it'll work. Um, something for Aaron Jones. Need something for Kevin King, which should be relatively easy because his last name is King. There is one suggestion of me and Kevin King hugging. Probably not going to do that shirt, but uh, we can play with that idea. Probably should involve the, the fire symbols, but, you know, whatever. And then something else I really want is as many T-shirt ideas as possible that can integrate the Green Bay Packers and the office. I want to do that a lot. I just can't think of exactly any, uh, can't think of anything specifically, but anything in general that you can think of, throw it in the poll. It's not going to hurt anything. And I think by probably, I don't know, by early today, by seven, eight, nine, ten, if there's kind of things going the way that they're going right now, we've got a clear first and second place already, and then we'll redo the poll. And what I want to do is try to get at least like a top 10 list 
of t-shirt ideas and concepts to put in there. Some of them are going to get done anyways, whether you like it or not, because I'm already planning on doing it. But I want to at least get an idea of what shirts you guys like the most so that I can probably, what I'll do is put the most resources into that. In other words, get a really good graphic designer for some of these to make sure that these are the best t-shirts. And then some of the other ones, if they're just like words and don't need like actual awesome graphics, those are a little less expensive and we can do those kind of in bulk and throw those up on the store and kind of get those going right away. Just, just thinking out loud here, no big deal. But if you can't tell, I'm pretty excited about it because I not only want to give you guys these shirts, but I want to buy lots of them. For myself, uh, looking at some defensive stats, I kind of mentioned this already, but Kevin King right now is uh, tied for, well, it says seventh, but he's technically tied for third place in interceptions. Devin McCourty has five, Janoris Jenkins has four, and then you got a bunch of guys with three, Kevin King being one of them. Pass deflections, obviously PFF, and um, you know they've, they've kind of got their own way of calculating stuff, so I think this is quite different than what PFF has, but just looking at the stats, and I think these are kind of officially recorded stats, I don't I don't know where they come from. But anyways, Jair is still number one, but he's tied for number one in pass deflections with 11 with Logan Ryan from the Tennessee Titans. And then just behind him are four guys, Janoris Jenkins, Justin Coleman, Stephon Gilmore, and Eric Kendricks with uh, 10 pass deflections. It's crazy Eric Kendricks is in that. He's, like I said, he's having a good year. Talked a lot of trash about him over the years, but this is a good year for him. Uh, sacks, official sack numbers. Again, this is different than PFF. We've got uh, Shaquille G- Barrett and Miles Garrett. Barrett and Garrett with 10 sacks. And again, I think uh, Shaquille Barrett is going to fall off a little bit. He's He had a big burst of sacks in the beginning, and he's starting to, to balance out a little bit. So some of the premier pass rushers are continuing to get their one, two, three sacks in a game, whereas Shaquille's getting more like a half a sack a game kind of thing. Um, but uh, Miles Garrett with 10, Chandler Jones with eight and a half. And then uh, Cam Jordan, Daniil Hunter, and Zadarius with eight sacks so far on the season. Preston Smith just one spot behind with seven sacks. So in terms of duos and sacks, it's hard to compete with uh, the Preston and Zadarius train. If there is an issue, though, I would say it comes from the fact that outside of Preston and Zadarius, there's not a lot going on. For example, we've got probably the best pass rush duo in football when it comes to sacks. However, the Packers are currently ranked, what, I don't know what this even is, there's no numbers next to it, but it's it's middle of the pack. I mean, they're probably 15th, 16th in sacks total, because nobody else is getting sacks. Literally the next highest number of sacks, at, so it's Zadarius 8, Preston 7, Kenny Clark 1.5. That's it, and then you got Blake with 1, Kevin King with 1, Rashawn with 1, Kyler Fackrell with a half a sack. So... Again, somewhat problematic. The Patriots have 31 sacks. They're leading the NFL. The Packers have 20. I mean, they're not super far behind, but we, we got to get some. It, it's almost like touchdowns. When you look at it, it's like you get super excited because it's like, man, Jamal Williams is doing great, and Aaron Jones is doing great. And then you're like, yeah, but what about the wide receivers? Like, oh, yeah, that's that's not great. It's the same here. It's like, dude, Preston and Zedarius are so good. It's like, yeah, well, who's providing any pass rush whatsoever on the interior? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Zero people, nobody. Nobody has two sacks even outside of Preston and Zedarius. So that, come on now. They're, they're so close to just being like d- dominant, like Patriots level dominant, like Saints level dominant. There's just some stuff and there's no reason for it. You got Kenny Clark. You got Dean Lowry. We've drafted defensive tech. Come on, let's go. Give me something. Give me anything. A little bit. Just give me a little bit. Um, Zedarius also doing well in tackles for a loss. He has eight Leaders right now have 11. So Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald have 11. Miles um, Garrett, Daniil Hunter, Joey Bosa have 10. Shaquille Barrett, Dante Fowler with 9. And then you got Zadarius, Josh Allen, and Brandon Graham with 8. 
Preston is down here at 6, so he's a little bit behind. Again, where is everybody else? The next highest packer is uh, Blake Martinez with 3. Come on, man. What? After that is Kyler Fackrell with 2. Uh, Rashawn Gary has 1. He doesn't even play. Kevin King has one. Again, that's the same thing. That was his one sack where he was in coverage and the quarterback's just sitting there. He's like, I'm just going to go get him. Jair has one. Dean Lowry has one. Adrian Amos has one. Will Redmond has one. I'm, I'm waiting. Where's Kenny? There's Kenny with zero. Come on. Kenny, dude. What are we doing, dude? I don't get it. Why? Why this year? Of all the years, Packers are doing awesome. Everything's great. We got pass rushers. We got corners. We got a great quarterback again. We got elite running back duo, great receiving backs, and everything's going great. Kenny's like, eh, taking the year off. No! Come on, Kenny. It's frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Uh, I guess we'll end with some next-gen stats, um, some more advanced statistics, looking at generally the regular season overall, not particularly week by week. Uh, the first one, the fastest sack so far this year. Uh, the fastest one was 2.07 sacks uh, seconds by Vernon Butler. However, Preston Smith did make the cut. He was 12th so far this year, 2.5 seconds he was able to get to uh, a sack. Preston Smith also made the list at 17th, 2.66 seconds. So Preston's pretty quick, man. I, would, I actually thought Zadarius was going to make this list because even just last week, um, there was one play in particular where he just fired off the ball and just nailed the guy. But um, yeah, two and a half seconds is fast. And if you've got a pass rusher that's able to get around a tackle and get to the quarterback in two and a half seconds, that's, that's almost a guaranteed sack. Also goes to show why teams are so desirous of getting the ball out quickly right the last few weeks it's like just get the ball out just fast why because you got pass rushers that are getting to your quarterback in two and a half seconds there's also a stat for longest tackle which seems kind of silly why you would even need it but essentially what it is is how far somebody traveled to make a tackle the, the cool thing about it is essentially what it is it's, it's kind of all about speed right tracking somebody down not surprisingly, two guys that made the list, number nine, Darnell Savage. And the cool thing is you can go to Next Gen Stats and look at this stat, and they actually have the play for you. Go all the way to the right, it says pass with a little plus there. Click on the plus, it'll pull up the video, and you can actually watch that play. But that was the one where there was multiple inter or, uh, penalties. I think it was like somebody kicked Jair, it was the Vikings game, and then he got up and hit somebody and whatever. But Darnell Savage traveled uh, 70 yards to make that tackle. In 13th place, again, that speed, Jair Alexander against the uh, Detroit Lions traveled 63.8 yards to make a tackle. These are significant because essentially what we're talking about is touchdown-saving tackles, and often, because it's the Packers and they're really good in the red zone, these kinds of things translate from turning 7 points into 3 points, sometimes even less. But the Jair play was against the Detroit Lions. It was the flea flicker, the very first play of the game, I believe, and you had Jair tracking the guy all the way down the field, and... Um, tackled him. Improbable completions, um, actually not as many Aaron Rodgers as, as you would think. Uh, the one that's on here is the Aaron, uh, Alan Lazard throw. It was against the Detroit Lions also. 35-yard uh, touchdown pass to Alan Lazard. Only an 18.7% completion, I don't know, percentage. I don't know, did they have last week's up yet? Because that pass to Kumaro as well as the pass to uh, Jamal. Let me just look at, let me see that. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers made the list twice both of those passes, but it was 19.1 and 19.3. So I guess it didn't quite make the list, but yeah, he was, he was number three and number four this week as far as improbable completions thrown, which just goes to show again 
how absolutely ridiculous um, Aaron Rodgers has been these last couple weeks. Then after that, they've got incredible yards after the catch, which essentially is looking at how many yards you got after the catch compared to your expected yards after the catch. The Green Bay Packers are pretty dominant in this category. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is second on the entire season on his 74-yard uh, touchdown reception in, uh, in week seven. In fourth place is Aaron Jones. That was just this last week. It was his, his uh, 67-yard touchdown reception. In each case, with the Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the expected yards after the catch was five yards. He got 64. Aaron Jones was expected to get 10 yards on that play. He ended up getting 60. So, I mean, the, the, the Packers are, are showing signs of dominance in a lot of really awesome categories. In all the right categories. Again, going all the way back to the beginning. Points and interceptions. They're very good in both of those categories. Aaron Rodgers making ridiculously crazy, impossible circus throws. Kind of important to have a really good quarterback. All right, we need some help on the interior and with the linebackers, which, you know, just in general, that interior, the middle of that defense. But the edge rushers, which we spent a good amount of money on, it doesn't get any better. Our GM, Brian Gutekunst, went out and got two pass rushers that really nobody cared about. I mean, they were on the list, Zedarius and Preston, but not very high at all in, in, in regard to the list of available edge rushers and free agency. We went out and got both of them, and they are currently the best, in terms of sacks, I think the best duo in football. Second or third best pass rush duo in all of football, just looking at pressures in general. Behind, I think, the 49ers and the Vikings, maybe. And just this whole Aaron, you know, Aaron Jones phenomena and Jamal Williams stepping up. And again, Marquez, he's not the most elite wide receiver in every single possible conceivable category, but some of the stuff he does is just kind of remarkable. And if you can just get one of those special flash plays a game, that can be super game-changing. I mean, he's one of those guys where you can't not pay attention to him, right? A lot, of, a lot of times, if you have a wide receiver that's not very good, you just kind of, you know, generally speaking, disregard him, right? We're, we have a general thing that we're going to do on defense, and, and he just kind of falls into that. You know, we're going to play man, and, you know, our number three guy goes over there. We're going to play zone, and, you know, just, you know, if he's in your zone, just stop him from catching the ball. There's no specific game plan to take that person away, but you kind of have to with a guy like Marquez because he's so big and so fast, and he can really break things wide open. And, and I think that's part of the problem with playing the Packers is they have a lot of those guys. Again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about how everybody has that one unique characteristic. If you don't pay attention to that one characteristic, it can really hurt you. Jimmy Graham isn't someone you really necessarily need to scheme against so far this year. You don't need to double-team him or anything, but not paying attention to Jimmy Graham is not very smart. Not having a plan for the running backs is super not smart. And, of course, Devontae, you just got to double him. That's it. That's end of conversation. He needs to have extra... He needs extra attention. If you're not going to do that, he's just going to win. Even Danny Vitale. I mean, that's that's half the, the benefit of having a guy like Vitale is the fact that when he's on the field, the defense has to see him and go watch out for him, which is ridiculous because why would you watch out for him? You got Marquez on the field. You got Devontae. You got Jimmy Graham. You got Mercedes Lewis. You got Aaron Jones. Why are you, why are you worried about Danny Vitale? Because if you get too preoccupied with everyone else, you're going to forget this fullback kind of runs really fast and is actually a better receiver than a running back, and you kind of forget that. So that, that that also kind of factors into this where, you know, maybe there's not a bunch of elite receivers, but they all do something kind of well, and you got to know who does what well and where they are and what our plan is for this guy. The Packers are a lot of work to prepare for. You need a lot of different plans and contingency plans and things to figure out for each individual person on this team. It's not like these guys are good, the rest we don't care. It's not like, you know, you look at the Chiefs, it's, it's you, you know, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. I mean, there's other people, but... I mean, these are the guys we really got to focus on. 
So, anyways, again, get in the Facebook group. Help me out with the t-shirts. I want to get that going starting pronto. Make sure right now, today, I want to give away a jersey. Follow me on Instagram, Packernet Podcast. Go do it. We need, what What did I say, like 37 more or something? Today, I want to give away a jersey. Also, check the link in the description to go to the GoFundMe page. And uh, please strongly consider giving something. Again, if you are uh, giving to me through any kind of means, consider pausing that for the time being and redirecting that money to the GoFundMe. I would really, really, really like to be able to get to the $1,000 goal by Christmas. I know it's only, you know, two months away, and I'm asking kind of a lot from you. But uh, anything that you can give to the Madison Childhood Cancer Foundation, if you'd like to check them out, please do so. Donations are 100% tax deductible. It is a registered nonprofit. You can see all that information on the uh, the GoFundMe page. Again, I just have a generic picture, and I haven't even filled out anything yet. Um, but I am impatient, and I want to get this done as soon as possible. And again, give people the opportunity to uh, opt out of uh, my Patreon for a couple months if you want to do so before you get charged tomorrow in uh, November. All right, so that's it. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow, possibly today, because I think the um, the Packers stock game is done, but whatever. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>